Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport in association with Lacquer. Bicycle insurance powered by the community. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling. We're into the second week of the Vuelta a España. Brad, you've been out to the Costa Blanca, bit of a party in Alicante, perhaps. Now no, you, now you're back. Not. No, we were working hard. Um, it was good to be there, actually. Good to see. A bit of an anti- anti-climax after the Tour de France, I must say. Um, but it was, you know, it's the Vuelta, and it's still a great race to watch. It's more of a, um, I'd say it's more of a, I'm trying to think of the word now, but, you know, the purists race, much like the Giro, whereas the Tour, you get a general public that watch it. But the Volta is, as we've seen today, you know, it's, it's, it's a thrilling race to watch. It's like the bonus Grand Tour, isn't it? Um, very happy to say we are once again joined by the proudest, the loudest shirt and T-shirt wearer in the very Peloton tired, I must say. And beyond. Well, actually, should we should say why you're tired? Because well, it was a great should, cause. We should introduce him first, Adam Oh, Blythe. yeah, Adam. <laughs> Adam Hampton. Thank you this, this is radio. <laughs> yeah. Adam Blythe, welcome back Thanks to the show. Um, thank you for coming. We should you, say why he is tired. Well, well, we should, we should great let's paint a picture first because Adam you are absolutely knackered aren't I you? am nailed yeah so I did a ride at the weekend uh, well yesterday sorry yesterday. at the weekend last no, night no today Today. today it is today. Started at midnight last night, and it was uh, midnight London. Saturday into Sunday. Midnight Saturday to Sunday, London to Manchester, three hundred and fifty k, which is about two hundred and twenty miles. Two hundred and twenty miles, yeah. So I finished that, got on a train, come here. So that's why. I'm and shout out to Simon as well because of the yeah. Sorry, well. yeah, it's, it is for Simon Motchen from Rafa, organised it, the founder of Rafa, and he organises it for ambitious about autism. So. All the money, everyone has a, a Just Giving page and all the money towards that goes to uh, to families and kids with autism. So great cause. And, but you've done it before, haven't you? I did it when it was Manchester to London, but you've come straight back, haven't you? To I've come straight back down to the big to smoke. Back on the best podcast in the world. Exactly, yeah. But no, it, it was good and I am a little bit tired, as Bradley keeps reminding me every three no, it's just, seconds. You normally look, you're quite a gorgeous looking fella and you thanks, just look, you look a bit haggard. Day of the dead. I am, yeah. A bit worse than Alejandro Valverde. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> no offence, Alejandro, if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, what else have you been doing, Adam? Uh, not a lot, really. I've, um, I'm not doing many racing at the moment. So How was I've the European been... Championships? I was going to ask you that. How are the Euros? Uh, for me, personally, or general? Just in general. Being back with the British team, it's always used to be a great thing for me to ride with the British jersey on. Do you know what? It's weird, I think, because the Euros in... It's not such a big race, is it? But it is a big race. If you win the European Champs now, there's like World Europeans Nationals and it goes World European Nationals We don't Nationals have the history with it yet, do we? We have not had it long enough. Exactly. I think. And yeah. I think the way British cycling look at it is it's not a major event compared to the Olympics. So being there, it was all very, you fly in the day before, you start the race and then you, you bugger off straight after. Yeah, yeah. Which is like being in a team race. But I always said, when you get to, when you pull a GB jersey on, it's nice to spend like three, four days with a team, with the lads. You speak in British, you're having good banter, you're having a right laugh. And we just we had that, but it was just squeezed into one day, so it's mega doing it. Will we still be able to do it next year if we leave? That's the question, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah we, I mean, we will still be part of Europe, even if we're not in the European Union. Yeah, so presumably, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't all come to an end. Curveball, we're not actually leaving Europe, we're leaving the Union, is that right? 
Correct. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, as I understand it, I've anything could happen. Anyway, anyway. This isn't a political show. This is not show, a political way, show. So, to get us back on track, Brad, you've just come back from the Vuelta. <laughs> Adam, you're heading out to the Vuelta for Eurosport. I am, yeah. I'll be heading out on Friday. I sadly won't be with Brad. I'll be with Brian. Brian Smith. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm not thinking. <laughs> like he doesn't think a lot, bless him, Brian. He's, um, he's very much a one short, one t shirt man. But no, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good fun. And yeah, I'm out there until the 9th before the first rest day, then I'm back. And then after what's that, your next race? Have you got what's the what's the rest of your season look like anyway? We're Lotto. <sighs> no idea, mate. Last race for Team oh, Rex was Tour of Belgium. Yeah, no. So I've no idea what it looks like at the moment, which is a shame, really. But how'd you sum the year up with them? Have you enjoyed it? Was it as good as the first time you joined them, or was it different? Or I suppose it's completely different. I think when you're a young lad coming into the pros, and I think nowadays, I was chatting with Cav about this the other day at the Euros. I said cycling's changed a lot, and you notice it when you see like all these young kids. This Remco, Evenepoel, or whatever he's called. He's Evenepoel. Like, Evenepoel. So he's 19. You've got Van der Poel and all these lads that are so young. When I started, you got, when I was turned pro, you got introduced to SRM. You got introduced to yeah. setting up your position on your TT. Well, I said bike. this the other day that we've almost lost the, the, nat, the natural pathway of, you know, you're a NAO and you, you get your 20, 30, 40 grand, whatever you get paid as a NAO pro. And you have to you have to earn your right to work up the ranks. Now they're coming in. It's like bang, San Sebastian, Eurotime, Van, Van der Poel, and that. And it's like it's mental, uh, let's yeah. rip your NAO contract. Let's sign you for five years. How much money do you want? And I think you, it's sort of you've lost that um, kind of you know like in football when they used to have uh, apprentices and you have to clean the boots. Yeah, and that. it's exactly, gone in football, yeah. isn't it? From what it's I understand, the stage that's the completely other problem been is though is that when you're a junior these days, if you're on the BC program, because these lads are so much on the track. Like I'm talking about British cycling. Yeah, yeah. These lads get access to everything they can go in the gym they've got personal gym trainers that will do especially for cycling, if I, want cycling. To, yeah, yeah. if I want to go in the gym i've got to go and go in the gym myself yeah, and ask yeah. the team to write down a list of what to do and do these weights them lads they're 18 here's your gym program come in tuesday do it someone watch over you make sure you do even it youth right. racing has changed exactly so my, i think my lad raced last week in the northwest youth tour and everyone's got tents now and rollers and teams and it's it's very professional everyone's on good kit and it's just this is what i mean though you see at such a young age nowadays and it's but as elite as it's got pro. as elite as the sport's got the back end the Grant thomas is it's filtered so down that everyone parents including think well my kid could do it because Grant thomas has done it from yeah, cardiff exactly, or simon yeah. yates from berry so they want the best start now yeah and i think that it's, it's sad in a way but it's the way it is isn't it it I is think. the way it is i just think that kids now when they're 18 19 it's like the lads that join the GB Academy, when they turn pro, they will not get half the access they get to equipment, gyms, physios and that stuff that the lads on, I'm talking about British Cycling, the lads at British Cycling, they get access to everything. When they turn pro, half it, maybe two thirds, yeah. they will get less than. And that's when it's a shock. And I think for, we see all these young lads doing so well at the moment, it's not a surprise really. When you think about it, there's not old school training anymore and you know like a lot of people like Christoph used to do seven eight hour rides and that was classed as old school that's normal now. Well, I, I'm not criticizing when I say it. it's an observation and I will put this out there I actually I'm undecided as to whether it's a good thing or a bad thing I don't know what about from the point of view of being allowed to grow into your own person so you're still largely figuring out who you are at 18 19 right? absolutely yeah so Brad, you know, before you really hit the spotlight, you know, apart from Olympic cycles, you were largely allowed to get on with your own life outside of outside of cycling and, yeah. and just sort of figure out, you know, who yeah. you want to be. Right? You don't you don't go home and try and think, right, well, I've got a bit of time now, I'm going to figure out who I am. You just, I was just institutionalised from thirteen. That was it. 
Um, and, and the trouble is you go through most of your adult life not really knowing who you are. This is just for me personally. And because you're not, you're, you're encouraged to be selfish and focused and that you come first and everyone else, every, everyone has to wipe your ass basically. And that you come first. I've just done six hours. I'm going to sit on the couch. You go to the supermarket, all those things, which you've realized. But Adam, I mean, you said to me this year that you feel guilty now. You can't sit there and watch your kids, you know, you, you can't go out for five hours and leave your missus with three kids. Yeah, and, exactly. and when you start thinking that, as I used to, that I thought, I can't go and sit up a mountain for three weeks and acclimatise. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's the beginning of the end, Sorry. I think. I think that's the thing with it. I think nowadays you see elder people. This is the other thing at the moment as well. For me personally, if, you, if you're if you on not a lot of money compared to, say, say a good contract's 150, 200 grand, that allows you to go on training camps that allows you to take your family out of work your missus that allows her to look after the kids comfortably play the mortgage and then you can go on two three training camps a year and you can take the family with you comfortably if you're on less money then you go right i can go in a training camp but i can't bring the missus she's got to stay at home with three kids on her own this is me personally i can't can't afford to do it but is it a good thing and it's just all these things that life is so much more important for me than going on a training camp. I know in the long run, it'll make a difference. But that's but not right a bad thing. There, it's not a bad thing. You're but... encouraged as a cyclist to think that you know, he's not focused, Adam, because you're thinking of things like that. Yeah, but that's the but thing. That is that's... actually more important. It is, yeah, it's definitely yeah. more important. It is a lot more important to me. But then you look at the young kids that are coming through in the generation that we're speaking about, they don't have commitments. Yeah. It's like they Rem- just Remco. They just see the shining lights. Yeah, Remco, do you want to go to Lavinia for three weeks straight after you've done the Europeans? Yeah, sure, why not? It would be nice to be in the sunshine on top of a hill. Me? No, I don't want to go. I want to stay yeah. out with my family, spend time with my kids and look after look after my yeah. missus. I don't but... want to go share a room with another grown man. Exactly, yeah. So I think it's yeah. I think that's the way cycling's changing quite a lot as well, is that you get all these young kids anymore. They don't have commitments, they don't have bills to pay, they don't have mortgages, they're still living at home. But I think that spills into the racing, is that they will take risks yeah. that you won't, because I've got to go home and see my kids tomorrow night. Exactly, yeah. I think, exactly, it, I think, yeah. It, I think that, and it's amazing, Cavvy's even said this in the sprints now, you know, it's like, because he's had some horrific crashes in sprints and stuff, hasn't he? And he's thinking Terrible, of his yeah. kids at home, you know, like he's 30 four whatever you know am i going to go for that gap or some hungry little 21 year old yeah exactly yeah wants it i want the glory when cab's already got 30 of them or whatever it's 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 when you start thinking like that it does change you it's completely different yeah and i think it really i think for cab we're talking about i think it affects him quite a lot i think he's he's not only just thinking i think when you're talking about sprinting as well sprinting is a lot easier when you're flying it's so it's like anything. When you're flying, you see risks that you can adjust straight away. You can go, right, there's a crash. I've avoided that. I'll chase to get back on. I'm back on. It's not that bad. It's the same in sprinting, but very minor. Mm. But if it happens 10 or 15 times, that's a lot of chalk. Well, I don't know how to say it. It's, it's a lot of energy used. And I think for Cav, he's not been on the most flying form ever. So if it happens to him three or four times now, that's a big lump of energy that he's used to correct it. Whereas Viviani and these guys are absolutely flying all year round. They're not peaking like Cav used to peak three times a year. Yeah, They peak week in, week out. Yeah, I've got a question for you before we move on. But one last one. Do you think you've changed since you turned professional when the sprints and stuff? Or do you think cycling's changed and the sprints are more dangerous now? Or do you think it's, it's your mentality that's changed rather than the sport? I think both. I think my mentality and the sprints have changed as well. I think sprinting back in the day when I first started, there wasn't big lead-outs. So it was HTC. That was really it. Everyone was sort of doing their own thing a little bit. And then after that, I think the older I've got and I've got a family now, it's definitely... It doesn't play on your mind in a race. I think it's just a natural thing. When you have kids, you become more responsible straight away. You have yeah. to look after your family. So I think, for me personally, I've it's not taken a back seat, but it's always on your mind that you're like, 
oh god I don't I don't want to be involved in this I don't want to have a crash yeah. just for coming 38th in a lead out or and, whatever and it's it hard is. to sort of accept I think it's hard to admit to yourself it is, and publicly yeah. that you, you uh, do you know what I actually don't care anymore <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's uh, for I me it's because a lot of people look up to that life and think I'd, I'd jump at the chance to do that. And I think, you, you know, it's, it's quite a difficult thing to come It to is, yeah. With. I think the problem is with me is that everyone you speak to thinks you're lucky being a bike rider. And well, you I, are. We are. We are, yeah, definitely yeah. are. But I think what people think is when you're home, you're home as well. And you're not at home. You're at home. If you come back from a race, three-week grand tour, you have a week at home with your kids or yeah, on holiday. absolutely. And then you come back and then you start... Your Why is there again. no milk in the fridge? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you not go shopping? <laughs> but also the fact is that you come home... Why is the house a <laughs> tip? <laughs> but then you start training again straight away. Yeah, I know, I know. It's brutal. Like, elite sport is brutal. I think it's getting more and more brutal because it's getting more competitive and the season's getting longer and longer. Mm, yeah. And everyone has access to everything now. It's not just like when Sky yeah, first started. Absolutely. They had the access to all the best technology. Now, everyone's got that access. You look at Jumbo Visma now, they've got really challenging Sky with a the team they've got. And it is great for cycling. Yeah, but they still it's... need to stop for 25k to go. Voila. Sometimes. When you've got to go, you got to go. Adam Blythe, the oldest man in the peloton. The oldest Sorry, 29 that was a long intro, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He looks it today. <laughs> uh, to, well, to one of the youngest then, I said last week that the Vuelta is often uh, explosive, unpredictable. Uh, as the final Grand Tour of the season. Today's stage nine, a short but super hard day in the mountains of Andorra. The first serious mountain stage, 3,400 metres of elevation, five categorised climbs in just 94.4 kilometres. First time as well that the race has gone over 2,000 metres of altitude. Brad, we were expecting fireworks. Eventually, in the closing stages, we got them. Here's how it finished. Pogaccia back at you. He's just gone for it. And this is fabulous by him. He's got 24 seconds. He's just pulling away for the stage win. And indeed, Slovenia are going to have one heck of a day today. Today, Pogacar. Today's the day. It belongs to him. Stage winner, Tadej Pogacar. Youngest man in the race, Adam? Good ride by him, I think. I think he was he was close the other day and there thereabouts, but I think he just saw his chance today and he took it and he did well. I think there was a GC battle going on behind. I think a lot from Movistar, which was weird. You got... Um, Movistar looking super impressive. So Valverde, he, he just never ceases to amaze but me. The thing is with it, they are looking impressive, but they're also looking stupid. They haven't got one leader. Valverde's attacking after Quintana. Is it Soler that was in front? Soler was in front. Quintana dragged Pogacar up the last, sort of within the last 5K, was dragging him up the final climb. But they always race like that, don't they? Then Pogacar rode away. Soler, on team orders, was asked to wait for Quintana so that he then rode for Quintana to try and close Pogacar down. And chasing just behind was Valverde. So the end of the day you've got Pogacar winning the stage Quintana 23 seconds behind and then Roglic and Valverde coming in at 48 seconds so in the in the GC picture it's a bad day for Miguel Angel Lopez Superman Lopez he couldn't keep up lost one minute why is he called Superman uh, isn't it because back in the day in Colombia he was someone tried to take his bike off of him oh, okay. and he, and he, that, he yeah. stood up to them and, and you know so from that point on he was he was Superman because he fought like a superhero I did that yeah, as I understand it but Valverde is 20 seconds down now on GC I mean well the G- GC is super tight all of a sudden yeah. so those four so Quintana is leaving we did discuss this last week when we were out in, uh, at the when I was out on site was you know whether I, I said that Movistar are always they always put team politics aside and seem to race well together but Quintana suddenly as he's leaving has come into great form again hasn't he because he's been mm. disappointing the last few he's won mm. that great stage of the tour this year and I wonder if there is a little bit of um, Valverde thinking, well, I've got to look after myself seeing as you're off next year. And if I can win the Vuelta, because if Valverde wins a few stages and the Vuelta, they've, they're back on the gravy train for a couple more years with Alejandro. Whereas 
Quintana's off, so I know they'll probably prefer Alejandro to win. Yeah, I think so. I expect world champ as well. World champ winning the world to Spanish. Uh, but I don't know Quintana. I don't know if he you know, wants to flick the system or what. I don't I mean, do you, if, I've never spoke to him. I've never spoke to him. Well, yeah. I, I spoke to Dowsett about him, and apparently he's an awful person to work for. He's not very kind. He's not very friendly. Really, he's yeah. just a bit of an awful human, really. Whereas but if, is he an awful human, or is that more the culture of quite a... I can't answer you know, it. I can't answer it. I think it's more... You don't often hear from him, do you, Quintana? Apparently he's got this great big booming voice, but it's so rare that you actually Mouth's wired shut, in it? Can't see smile, him yeah, but I think he's quite a quiet, sort of guarded man, you know? I think it's a bit far-fetched to say he's an it's... awful human being. I mean, I don't think he goes around <laughs> kicking pigeons up Yeah, sorry, I'm not saying he's an awful human being and douse it wasn't no, no, saying I that, I but I think it's... A, I think just it, to clarify, uh, importantly. Yeah, I mean, what, what is it? Yeah, I don't know. But is, so, you don't mug is, is he, yeah. he favourite? <laughs> I've got women not mugged anyone. No, I mean, that's, you know what? Given his performance today, what he showed today, so I was coming to the fact that Lopez is now only 17 seconds, despite losing a minute on the stage to day yeah, yeah. he's only 17 seconds behind then you've got Valverde on GC at 20 seconds behind so Roglic in second six seconds Roglic is still looking for the one for me given that you've yeah. got rest day tomorrow ah, but he has Eddie Ingalls in the car ready to <laughs> up again <now>. well, <laughs> no but he's, he's just consistent isn't he he is and he's got the time trial yes, to look forward to on Tuesday where he's got to be the favourite for that one, right? you never know what you're going to get from Lopez he's very inconsistent and he's, so, and he's had the jersey which three is what times makes it so a great, far too. great race as well you know yeah it's, it's yeah. very different this race compared to any other Grand Tour the Giro is the Giro the Tour is the Tour for what it from is from a British perspective we haven't really seen uh, Hugh Carthy yet have we really yeah yeah true but you know, he's, a, he's a hard Rodrigo. yeah um, from a British perspective, then Teo, he got in the break early today. Finished, yeah, finished, I mean, finished top ten. He's, he's sort of out to save. I his had a little with chat a... with him when, the day before I left when Sam Bennett won, and he sort of, he was so down. I think he really took it hard that first that seven minutes loss on stage one. Uh, and I just said to him, you know, just keep, if you're still seven minutes down in ten days' time, you're going to be in the top ten. You yeah. know, and it, I think he had to recalibrate, but you know, he has made it to the top ten, and. He, He's done a good job, I think. I just think he puts too much pressure on himself, Tao. I think the thing is with that team is, you'll know more than me, but they're so GC-driven on this team, and I think they've gone in with Dela Cruz. He got up to second on GC the other day, almost took the red. And I think that whole team, from what I saw, they're still, they're still riding for GC, they're still riding intense, in the though, front. It? it is, yeah, but this team now, Teo's lost ah, like 30 minutes probably. I think the closest guy to GC is probably 15 minutes from Ineos. Teo's f- nearly 50 minutes on 50 GC. 50 minutes, so there yeah. you go. So he has to write this tour off and go, right, I'm going to get stages. This is what I'm going to go for. And I said this earlier about him. I think the problem is with Ineos, there's no one in that team that can say, pick your days. There's no age, is there? No, there's no age. As a rider, there's no age. There's no Matt Heyman. There's no... Exactly. There's Ian Stannard, but... Ian's but quite Ian's quiet, just, isn't he? Ian is, but he, all his job is to ride on the front. He's never been said, free reign today, yeah, Ian. You go and yeah. win a Grand Tour stage. But I think if you look at someone like... If you had Steve Cummins there, or Thomas Degen, or someone like that that really go for stages, you say, but right, mate. They don't really ride for stages, Ineos, do they? But do that's the thing, but yeah. they have to now. They have to, because yeah. the, the GC's gone. I think gone. it's hard to get into that mindset. But that's the thing, and I think with Teo, it'll be very hard for him now, because we've seen him in the break last couple of days, trying to mm. give it a go for the stage. He needs someone around him to say, mate, stop going in every break. You can't go in every day and expect it to work. Well, I know the how they operate, it, and they, they will just take it day by day. And that's what they did with Froome. That's how Froome won the Giro. Yeah. They just recalibrate and go, OK, just come on, wait for everyone else to crack. And the last few days, you know, you'll come into your own. And yeah. it, it's just, until it's over, then we'll look back and see how it went. Yeah. They don't change the plan halfway through and go, OK, GC's over, do what you want. It's not in their makeup. Yeah. It's not how they play. I think yeah. for Teo, though, he, he needs to come to a point. If he's 50 minutes down, he needs to say, right, I really need to pick my days here. I can't keep going in the break every day and hoping that it'll work. He needs to say, right, have a look at the road book. 
stage 15 looks good for me. I'm going to go for that. The rest of the days around it, if I find myself in a break, and if it's going well, great, I'll give it a good nudge. But if not, I'm not focused on this stage. I'm focused on that one day, and I'm going to give it my all on that one day. With that in mind, I'll ask you this, because I always thought the best thing you never did was go to Sky. Yeah. Because I think you needed that character, and you needed to be almost let do your own thing, much like the Yates is. Yeah, I always yeah, wonder yeah, whether yeah. the Yates would have won the Volta had he been in Sky. And I, I'll ask you this. Do you think Teo now will be better in another team? Or get someone like Quickstep, like James Knox is there? To be honest, I think Teo's got, he's got the or ability. Or do you think he wants to end up in that tour team, helping the likes of Froome and that in the future? I think that's what he wants. I think any guy that's a climber in that team, they want to be in that tour team. Yeah. You speak to Duel, he wants to be in the Grand Tour teams. Him doing this tour is an achievement for him. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if he went to another team, he could do the Tour de France. Yeah. You're looking at say, right, I don't need to think about doing a Grand Tour. Because well, doing a Grand Tour, I mean, what does it mean, really? You don't write in your Palmares Giro one time. No, but I think it's when you go and make the tour team for Ineos, that's quite an achievement already. It is, yeah. yeah. But, that's, but at the same time, yeah. say we're talking about Dool now, he could say, right, I'll sign for Katusha. Automatically, Dool's in that top team. And instead of thinking, I'll make the Giro team, hopefully, or Vuelta yeah. team, he can be going, right, I'm in the tour team. I've been told January training camp, that's my main aim of the year, try and win a stage. You've got Zachary in there, you've got to look after a little bit because it's whoever they are. But, you've got a chance to win a Tour de France stage. And at the minute, it's just doing everything just to make a team. And I think with Teo, he wants to be in that team so bad that he will... It's like Luke Rowe. It is, yeah, but Luke Rowe, I always thought, was capable of winning Paris-Roubaix, Tour of Flanders, his class act. Um, We've seen him out there with Roubaix. But for me, he's always the first rider. I'd put him on my first rider on any Tour team. Mm. Um, And he's got so good at that now that that, that's his niche now. And he gets paid well for it, married, kid... I've got to do another 10 years of this. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. actually, that's more important, helping his best mate and all that win the Tour than yeah, personal success. Exactly, yeah. You know, because he's actually doing better for himself than if he won the Tour of Flanders. Oh, yeah, for sure. For and sure. when he finishes and can say, you know, probably build another career somewhere else in the UK or in, in Wales, saying, yeah, I did four, I did 10 tours and we won six times. I helped Chris for it. He's actually better than say, I won the Tour. Oh, what's the Tour, what's the tour of Flanders? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a funny thing how cyclists change a bit yeah, like that. Yeah, There's yeah, more yeah. kudos in maybe being in that Ineos team in the Tour. There is, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think Ian Stonard's a classic example of this because he was in the first three... He was in the Tour... He was in quite a bit, yeah. He was, yeah. I think he's won three Tours with the team yeah. and now he's, he's he, sort of been yeah. taken out of it a little bit. So his focus is like, right, classics. and But he's not. he's come off the ball a bit in those as well, hasn't he? He has, yeah, but I think he's just still... I think because with Ian, he's very emotional in a way for me. He's a great friend of mine, Ian. I think with Ian... I think everything's... He just needs to ride his bike. Ride his bike. And he's got a family as well. He has, yeah. Like we were talking about before, you yeah. know, that I think that's probably more important to him now. Of course it is, yeah. But he needs to... For me, Ian just needs to ride his bike, love riding his bike, get a bit of structure around his training and do what he used to do. You remember when he rode off from three quick steps? I mean, how good was it? It's unbelievable. Strongest man in the world. Exactly, yeah. But then now something's just happened where he's not in that tour team anymore. He's doing this, that and the other. He's, yeah. he's been chucked into Vuelta at the last minute. And that's when you need to go, right. And I think Pete started struggling with this concept, didn't he? That, you know, he, Pete Kenner, that yeah. if he didn't make that team, it's deemed a failure. You know? It is, yeah, definitely. You know, it doesn't yeah. look like you're going to make the tour team this year. And it's like, oh, OK, you could, but you could do the Vuelta maybe. So you and don't really know your place anymore. Well, I just think that the minute you take your eye off the ball, it's so competitive. Someone else is ready to step up. Someone like a tail is hungry for success, hungry to be there too much that 
He's, so he was crying after stage one, you know, that, yeah. you know, when he lost the time. There's these young guys that keep coming in that you can pay half the money, if not a quarter of the money, and they'll do just as good a job as that old guy on the block that's been yeah. around for 10 years. And that's why we keep seeing more and more young guys sign. For it's, yeah. such it's just an elite sporting facility now. Yeah. You know? Listeners, it's time to tell you a bit more about our sponsor, Lacquer. Lacquer is a smarter way of insuring your bike and your gear. It's a community of cyclists joining together to save each other money. Lacquer covers all the basics like theft and accidental loss and damage, both at home and abroad. It'll also cover you in sportives and competition races, so long as you're not riding in the pro peloton. How does Lacquer work, you ask? Well, instead of charging you a fixed premium, with Lacquer you only pay a small share of the community's claims cost, and your share is proportionate to how much you insure. Lacquer locks in a maximum price cap to make sure there are no nasty surprises, even in months with lots of claims amongst the community. And when there are no claims that month, you could even pay nothing at all. Rest assured, claims are accepted fast, usually within 24 hours. On average, Lacquer's members have saved 61% on bike insurance. So why don't you investigate the benefits for yourself? Find out more at lacquer.co.uk and enter the promo code WIGGINS to get £10 off. That's laka.co.uk and the promo code W-I-G-G-I-N-S. On Team Ineos then, Chris Froome back in training. He's done a, a, a couple of laps of his local velodrome. The first time he's been back on a bike since crashing hard on the, uh, the recon for the time trial at the Dauphiné in June, where he suffered a fractured femur, elbow, vertebra, sternum, as well as losing uh, reportedly four pints of blood. So, first of all, amazing and great news yeah. that he's been able to get back on his bike so quickly uh what do we what do we make of this when are we are we are we expecting to see him you know back in in Ineos colors on the road anytime soon i just i, I wouldn't put, put anything past him i think he can win another tour almost i wouldn't say it's a positive thing what happened but this will probably be the thing he needs the driving force he needs and the motivation to come back i mean look at valverde two years ago in that prologue he had a smashed knee yeah yeah and over just over a year later he's world champion again and winning stages of the vuelta and we thought that was the end of his career when it was that was you know and it is i think with modern technology the way riders come back and we were talking about luke rowe earlier where he, you know that was potentially career ending wasn't it? it is yeah and i think this riders seem thing, to yeah. come back now from these things but it's given, another thing about teams as well is that i said about luke if he was in another team he wouldn't be where he is today i don't think he is so best. good yeah. Yeah. at finding everything the best mm. and that's why are the best team in the world it's not about having aero socks and an aero helmet and all that it makes a difference but it doesn't that's not a marginal gain it's a marginal gain is saying right you've crashed let's fix you don't matter if it takes eight months don't matter if it takes two we'll fix you you'll we'll sort you out whereas another team they'll be going three months mate you so, and on that, it. sorry, just on that, one of your best mates, I can remember one of my few last few years at Sky, Ben Swift, who's got glass shoulders. Yeah, he'd yeah, had yeah. that horrendous crash with his shoulder. Yeah. I, I watched this guy for, for two, two or three weeks in Mallorca at the training camp, let alone the four months before that he'd done this, sitting on a turbo trainer for three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, because he couldn't go out yeah. on the road. But the nature of Ineos is not, let's just get on it. We have to sit two blokes with you. And company, we're going to do this together. We'll send blokes to your home and that. Yeah. It's, it's not like... But this is like Ineos as well. With like Ian Stonard, Chris Lawless and Owain Dool, they all live within like 5k of my house. But he got that support, the physio and everything. Right. Do, yeah, it was like yeah, a family yeah. that, of support exactly, that he got yeah. through that. And that's what Ineos do now. Those guys that I just mentioned. And then he they... crashed again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> on the, in, through a Mallorca on the descent, I think it was. Oh, bless him. But yeah, the Ineos at the moment, those three guys are coached by one bloke, and though that one bloke doesn't live far away. So he'll come round every day to houses, yeah. make sure they're all right, doing the gym yeah. session. Yeah. He'll sit in and watch the gym session. They'll come out in the car, sit on the top of the... He, do, he won't take times, he won't make sure you're all right. He'll just show, I'm here, I'm watching you, I'm watching like what you're doing. club now. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what—that's the difference. I think is that's the stuff you don't see. Yeah, exactly. I haven't got Kevin Dewey at the top of Long Gill going, come on now, you can do it. <laughs> given Ineos' strength in depth, given the sheer number of team leaders they've, they've now got with, so the one-two at the tour with, with Bernal and Thomas, yeah. and then Carapaz to add to that as well, yeah. fit and firing. Uh, okay, it wasn't the Volta, but you know, he's, he's going to be back soon yeah, and, yeah. Back, and back good. Uh, where does Froome fit in? Where, is he is he going to sort of have to earn his spurs back again? Well, I, I don't know really. I mean, I I don't know is the truth. Um, from when I was there, it may have changed. It was just whoever's up to the task can do the job. And I think there was some doubt about Geraint coming into the tour this year, so they edged a lot of the bets on Bernal and that. And Geraint actually got stronger through the tour um, and could have won the tour. But I think you'd, you'd you'd like to think that Froome's done enough for that team to earn the right to be given a certain amount of leadership. But he, he will have to prove himself. You know, they're not just going to edge all their bets with him if he's clear. Because they'll know from his training numbers whether he's going to be good enough. I think that's, it will all boil down to that. Here's one for you then, Brad. Can you foresee a situation where Froome is riding against Bernal and Thomas no. and Carapaz at any else? No, no. no. Why? Why would they? Yeah. Well, it does, it, so it doesn't, you, it doesn't get to a point in the next year or two where Froome is forced to look elsewhere? Um. I mean, I don't know what his long-term goals are. I think at the moment he's probably just concentrating on getting back to some... Well, I mean, from the, the, how horrific the crash was at the start, it would be walking, wouldn't it? Staying alive yeah, and walking, exactly, yeah. going back home healthy. And he will now find out in the next few months whether he's able to get back to the level that he used to ride at. And, and I think it will all depend on that, really. Um, he, his goal may just to be get back to racing and professional cycling. I mean, I, I guess they're taking it day by day. I mean, we can't look too far ahead and start thinking, you know, He'll be back at the tour next year in contention of winning. But, you know, in the modern day of cycling, nothing, I wouldn't put anything past anyone. But If yeah. Froomey did the tour or any Grand Tour, he wouldn't be there to take part. He wouldn't want to. No. I don't think he'd want no. to. No, and I don't think the team would even let him do it. They'll only put him in a Grand Tour when he's ready to win it again. Yeah. That's my opinion of it. And I they'll think know that's that from the tour. numbers. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, it's an elite. They'll put the best line-up up. That's you know, yeah. the end of the day. All right, join us for more from the Bradley Wiggins Show after this. The only place you can watch every minute of every stage of the 74th Welter Espana this August and September is live on Eurosport 1 and on demand on the Eurosport player. Catch all the action across the 21 stages and find out who will be crowned the King of Spain. Try it for yourself on the app or at eurosport.co.uk. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show. Adam, what did you just say? You've got a, a message. I just got a message from Simon, the guy that um, owns Rafa. He just texted me saying there's still people out riding. So that is 12, 12 plus 18. That's 18 hours in they are now. So, And how far through are they? I don't he didn't say. I, can't, I guess they can't be far from the finish, but 18 hours on a bike. Yeah, but to some people, I remember some people, a husband and couple did it the year I did it. Um, and they they were determined to do it together. Here's your birthday gift, love. <laughs> no, but the sense of achievement of them getting yeah, through it, I think. Nice, them, yeah. you, know, I mean, you do it in your stride, you know. Like, but I mean, Sam Remo's not far off that distance, is it? No, it's not. No, um, it's and you do that in seven less. hours. Yeah, it's mental. Yeah. yeah. The other mental thing, stat. Oh, yeah, the other day, it's a bit off piece. This is, you know, like Morton did that Lands End to Johnny Gropes off road or whatever it was. Yeah. His first stint on the bike was 33 hours. It's a long time, that isn't it? 
Yeah. That's crazy. Well, there's so a race works, across America. Guy works at our local bike shop, used to anyway, Gethin Butler, who's a, a oh, legend. I Gethin, yeah. He did Land's End to John O'Groats. He holds the record, I think it's 44 hours or something like that. He, he got to, to uh, the other one, was it? John O'Groats, the other end. <laughs> broke the record and then I think so it's 836 miles and then if you if you decide you can carry on and you do 36 mile laps or something yeah. to get the 1000 mile record so he got there and says yeah sorry I'm going to carry on and he carried on and did so he went for the 1000 mile record as well another 136 miles no yeah got in the van had a sleep went home and rode to work the next morning on his bike <laughs> to work in a bike shop god I'm not going to be on a bike for about a month after this yeah so Man. it's uh, it's amazing on the jog, uh, Josie, a listener to the Bradley Wiggins show, has written in. Um, she would like to put forward a friend of hers, Mel Nichols, who recently hand-cycled the jog and absolutely smashed, she says, both the female and male world records. Yeah. So Mel has had a series of life-changing strokes that has left her unable to walk and use much of the left side of her body. Um, and yet... Here she is, having, having yeah. just taken male and female world records yeah, for the no, job. Yeah, good on her. Congratulations. Awesome thing. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, it's amazing. We almost take for granted that this sport that we love, that we can just go and jump on a bike and do something like riding from London to Manchester. And obviously, some people have that taken away from them. And um, it's brilliant. I mean, you can't imagine yourself in that situation, even finding you know the, the motivation or the, the positivity to do something like that. So... Good on you. Huge shout out to Mel. Well, I'll send a little gift in the post to you. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure something and out. And a Parker pen. Um, other headlines, Mel aside, uh, Mark Cavendish, never far from the headlines. Uh, he's announced well, that he, don't will know. Be, well, he will be he will be back, as ever, uh, this time at Six Day London, a, uh, an event that Adam is very familiar with, having rode it last year. Uh, Adam, we can't go too far from Six Day London without mentioning the Derny, an event that you won there. Yeah, it's good fun that was. Um, Everyone loves a bit of the Derny. Are you riding this year? Oh, I'm not riding this year, no. No. I might be commentating on it. It's a great event. Chasing the scooter. Exactly. Where do, where do they keep them? Just keep them in a garage. And just... place. Uh, I don't know where the Derny's are going. I think they're just kept downstairs. But the, someone asked me about the Derny drivers earlier. And the difference between a good Derny driver and a bad Derny driver is monumental. It is ridiculous. If you get a good Derny driver, you don't have to pedal, do you, really? You just, you just sit there. You have to pedal quite hard eventually. Yeah, but yeah. you just sit there, don't think, look at that little bumper in front of you, occasionally look up, see who's in front of you, and that's it. A bad Derny driver, you've got to shout to him, slow down, speed up, what are you doing? It's just a nightmare. And the way that they do it is through the bankings, because it's easier through the bankings, I don't know why, is that the Derny drivers will put on the gas a little bit and down the straight where it's hard... As you pick up speed in the banking. That's what thanks you, yeah. Bradley. And down the straight where it's hard, they'll back off just a tiny bit and an experienced Derny driver will be superb at doing that. They'll build all your speed through the banking, easy down the straight, do it again. A bad Derny driver... He's like sprinting after him down the straight, and then he'll keep going through the corner. And the only communication we have with the Derny drivers, they've got helmets on with sort of sort of earpieces, but turned backwards so they can hear you. Is you woe to slow down or yeah. LA to go far? You never hear anyone shout LA. It's always no, never. wow, <laughs> yeah. wow. And then it's normally Chris Latham or back in the day Rob Hales. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, so I heard a story about the six day watch where Brad did it. Um, Rob did it with you yeah. in Ghent. And he just sat in the cabin. He just sat in the cabin looking at you going, oh, you'll have to carry on, mate. I can't yeah, do it. Yeah, no, he, he, he used to really struggle with his backside. Yeah. Because there's a lot of G-force in the bankings, you know, so he's forever having problems and finding the right saddle and all that. Because you can't, obviously you don't get out the saddle on the track. And we used to ride the six days in Zurich back in 99, and we'd have the three nights running the Zurich. It was legendary. You had a 100-minute chase, 100-kilometre yeah. chase, oh. and a 75-kilometre handicap chase. Oh, even And by worse. the 75K handicap chase, it was... 
it, it was staggered by the laps you were down. You got that as a head start. So I think we were 25 laps up. We lost 25 in the race. So we lost 50 <laughs> laps to the big teams. It was a two-hour oh, chase. Dear. Yeah, it was. A, so there they was. It was brutal, but yeah, good fun. So Cam has said six day would be great prep for 2020. He hasn't said specifically what in 2020. Did he say he, that without moving his hands? But it, well, I, this is this is on paper, so we don't know. Presumably not. Yeah, no, Cav. but yeah. Uh, but I think d- the public loved seeing him there, though. It's 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 always he didn't ride last year, did he? No, he uh, came and did a few laps. He did a few laps, yeah. but you know he's he's the star of the sport, but isn't it? Does, it was Shane Grant Thomas don't ride. It'd be great to see the pair of them together. I think it would. I think with Cab where he's at, he's still got. He wants to do Tokyo, doesn't he? Still, so he likes getting back on the track, and it helps him with his sprint. Yeah, yeah. G's just like Matt. Yeah, yeah. Been there, got the trophy. So this is what I was going to come to. Is this Cab with one eye on Tokyo? Next summer. Well, I think he's covering his bases, isn't he? Yeah. I think, you know, he's, he's, yeah, I think he's covering his bases, really. I think with Cav on the Olympics, I sat in Dubai earlier this year doing the UAE tour and we're having dinner. There was me, Cav, Caleb and someone else. We're all having a bit of banter or whatever. And we're winding Cav up saying, you might have won all these tour stages. You might have done this, that and the other. There's one thing you've not won and it's the Olympics. And we wound him up about it for ages, but he keeps coming back, doesn't he? It's the one thing he's not let go of. So I definitely think this is sort of a, right, let's get me back on the track. Let's get stuck yeah. into the winter. Let's use this as a prep to start doing some World Cup races. I wonder what would be more important for him now, though. Making the tour team, getting back to the tour, or the priority of the Olympics next year? Because I, do, I, I don't think he's done with the tour. After this year, I think he'll want to get back to the tour. I think naturally... He feels his unfinished business, which is crazy to think that. Naturally doing GB, going down that route and doing the Olympics... That'll make him better. Well, he had his best tour, I think. Yeah. In 2016, he when, when he was concentrating on the track. So Absolutely. I think that's in his head. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, we think he's aiming for the Madison. Is he, I well, yeah. Isn't he? Because he, it's not the only thing. No, I'm, if Cam's listening, it's not the only thing you're good at, mate. But I think <laughs> He's a regular tuner. <laughs> but that is, I think it's Cam's event, and I think it's going to be very hard, I think, for anyone from the outside stepping into the Olympics to try and do team pursuit, I think. I think that team is set up now, and they've been working on it since the world last year. To where they need to be. So, but is he going to be the best Madison rider? Because I mean, I, I don't really know a lot of the young guys now, but them track specialists are track specialists now. But I mean, look at the Aussies; they got Sam Wellsford, Kel O'Brien, and yeah. they're amazing. And with our guys, I mean, we had. I think did they win the world title this year? The team pursuit? Oh, the last, last year, I think. Year, they're yeah, two yeah. guys, two young, one young guy certainly that I'd come out of the academy. It's Ethan, isn't it? Ethan, and Ethan. then the brothers, the two brothers. I don't know if they can ride a Madison. Those guys, but the, the, yeah. the wealth of talent of those track riders now is whether Cav could, is going to make the team or not. I definitely think as well it was a little bit like when you were around for me is that you were so good at what you did you could do team suit then you could back up yeah. and do another event and for me you someone that's like Brad at the moment is Ethan Hater. so I think that Ethan would look at riding the Madison with Cab but Ethan's main aim will be team pursuit a back look will be do you want to do the Madison with Cav? so it's not yeah. his first it's not his first focus it will be his first and focus and therefore no. and it depends on numbers because yeah. I remember in Rio your, your Omnium rider was your fifth team pursuiter because you can only take a certain amount of riders so they have to think about where they spread their you know so they'll if we have a Madison Omnium rider can he step into the team pursuit squad and I think they may end up having someone who misses out on yeah, the team yeah, pursuit. Yeah, definitely, but yeah. We know he's, a, he's yeah. a dead cert for them. It's always funny now, though, because you can have five or six riders that do team pursuit 
So you can really utilise people that will... You can normally only take five endurance riders to the Olympic Games to cover all your events. Oh, there you go, yeah. So that's it. Nick Crow Which is why, like, Viviani can step into an Italian team pursuit squad yeah. and, and do his job. Um, Cavs old mate, Bernie Eisel. Brad, he's got a, he's got a question He's got a question for you. Hey, Brad, ask, does Benny. And ask Brad. Here he is. We all know Bradley's funny, and uh, I had so much fun with him in different teams, and... Uh, he's one of a kind, and he should have his own TV show, actually. And now my, my question was always, like, how, how it is for a, a guy like him. It's like he, we saw him struggling with the fame and uh, being home, just going to buy a litre of milk after winning the Tour de France. I just want to know how he dealt with it and how he came back, and uh, good job, Bradley. So, Brad, a litre of milk? A pint of milk? Pint Benny. Yeah. <laughs> um, good question, actually. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's okay now. I think I think that get recognised more now, three years into retirement, which is bizarre. Um, it's funny, on the way down here, I got in the lift with someone because I couldn't be asked to yeah. take the stairs on the train station, so I got the lift up and over the, yeah. the bridge. And um, someone said to me, oh, I was at Brompton, blah, 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 what are you doing down in London? And I said, oh, I'm going to do a podcast with Bradley. And they were like, I loved him. He was so good on his thing. But it's strange how I just said Bradley... And they knew straight away. I think yeah. in the past you'd have to say Bradley Wiggins and they wouldn't really know who you are. But yeah. I think nowadays that you being... For me, you being you on TV is you. Before as a bike rider, no one knew you. Yeah. I no. didn't know you that no, well, no, but, but now I, I feel like I know you a lot better than I did before. Well, and I, I didn't think, know me. But I don't think yeah. anyone did. And I, don't, I think you were no. quite a, a closed book to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people looking at Bradley now... They love looking at you because like anything, with any celebrity, no matter who it is, they want to see who someone really is, what they're really like. And you've just gone... But I feel stronger now to show my vulnerability and stuff, you see. Yeah, so I think Um, it's just you opening your pages and saying, this is who I am. And people recognise you for not being Bradley the cyclist, but for being Bradley Wiggins the human being. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is is a really nice thing rather than thinking that Bradley was that person as a cyclist. That's still who he is. I think people were refreshed to go... God, he's good Bradley, isn't he now on this show? He's a bit funny, this, yeah. that and the other, and that's who you really are rather than... But I, so I think in doing that, you just I've just accepted it that, yeah. that the fact people want to come talk to you is because they want to talk to you, really. And they, you know, they, they, it's a nicety. It's not that they're coming up to say, do you know, mate, I just want to, can I just tell you, you're an absolute, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I think that's, um, you accept it's just, it's a nice thing, you know. And, and yeah. if, if you're nice to someone in doing that, you, you know... You make their day yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but quite often it's not about kind of, you know, thinking you're something, you know, as well, that you're unapproachable. And I think it's just that. It's just human contact, engaging with people. I think I mean, that's the thing. Quite with often you... people want to tell you, do you know what, I was, you know, it changed my life, that, or I was inspired by it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's not everyone's cup of tea. You know, not every, it's not that everyone should be coming up to you. You know, I think yeah. I think the worst thing is sometimes when you're trying to do a normal thing with your kids or something, and the people that don't really want to come up and say sorry for bothering you, I just want a photo, which is because they've built the courage to do that. But they'll take a cheeky photo of you like that as a trophy to send. Look, look who's on this train, you know. And it's like they're the ones that don't really. They know you, but they're not a fan or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they have to tell people it's like a trophy, a modern-day trophy, isn't it, you know? Now that you've joined the ranks of Tupac and Cher and other people who no, refer to you by their first no. names. Uh, first look, names it's just only. at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're all the same, you know, and it's just um, I was I feel privileged to have been able to do what I want to do, you know. And it's just, um, and, and, and I've been saying recently just that where the sport is today, I never imagined when I grew up two miles away from here, you know, trying not to get my head kicked in for wearing lycra in a council state that I'd A, be talking about it or do the theatre tour or the, the, the sport will be as popular as it is. And all that rubbish I consumed at school reading magazines back to front that I thought was rubbish that I can now use and make a living out of it. 
So it's 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 a matter of just yes. It's, I think we're all privileged, aren't we, that we can actually make yeah, a career out of the yeah, sport yeah, when yeah. we retire? Because a yeah. lot the likes of Barry Hoban and that that I've spent time with and spoke about, they're there to make enough, as much money as possible so they could buy a house and then go and get a normal job. But you realise you are one of the reasons why this is like this. One and, and others, you know, and others, yeah. But yeah. you are. I think a lot of people forget, and you probably forget that you, along with Chris Hoy were the two cyclings yeah, in Victor, Britain. Victor you made Cav as well. Cav as well, but I yeah. think you winning your Tour de France, the first Tour de France, was enormous. Cav's yeah. winning his stages, amazing, of yeah, course yeah, it is. Yeah. But I think when you won the Tour, people were opened up to cycling. And then off the back of that, straight away Olympics, and then you were the most successful Olympian in Britain, yeah. people were like, wow, this... This is not normal, you know. How this guy's like a superstar in sport. You don't see this coming along every day, where someone. Yeah, but is... aside from that, I, I endeavoured to remain the same person, remain normal, and yeah, I always, yeah. I was always quite rebellious. Anyway, and I, I frowned upon being like the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wearing definitely. a daily Thompson tracksuit all the time, and that's it. You're an Olympian, and you know, and I just. Yeah, but I think you, you, and that I've amplified your fame if you were swearing at someone, <laughs> or yeah, yeah, people yeah. think oh, I don't like him. Yeah, but and I, I don't, I don't give. A Mate, you know, I just I was going to say, well, I ain't going to. I'm still going to be the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you are one of the reasons why you are at work today for doing what you love, and you've made the sport into something you can talk about as well, and you've give people recognition of cycling, because, uh, so yeah, you can because talk I, about it. Yeah, because I've never considered myself better than anyone else. You see, and I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I've changed a lot anyway the last three years, but it, I just think that you know, should we should be pleased to see other people do well. You yeah. know, but the, the the worst thing about cycling is that people think that I'm actually shallow enough to give a. <laughs> what do you think about that? That you're not the first Grand Tour winner from Britain now. You know, preloaded. Hey, don't think I'm like you and actually <laughs> shallow enough to even give a. Yeah. Good on him. You know, deservedly so. You know, it's just that I'm, we did what we did, and I think we should be grateful for it. And yeah, good luck yeah. to the rest of them, you know. Like uh, even the Belgians, we did it early in the year that you know oh, he's broke your record, Brad. What do you think about that, Campenarts? It's like brilliant. And then yeah. you know one or two articles, journalists tried to sway it. You know that Wiggins said that, you know, and it's like it's not. Well, that. It came back the other way, didn't it? With yeah, Campenarts, you know, it's just like get over yourselves, stop, stop. You know, it's just I think anyone who's not, any, and that's the trouble when you retire is that you've got to let go of that rider, because so many sportsmen trying to cling on to the past, don't they? And the ego and expect people to recognise who they are and get bitter about yeah, 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 records course, being yeah, broken yeah. and all that. And I think that's quite sad. I mean, we saw it in boxing the other week, you know, with Lennox Lewis and that and AJ's response. And, you know, you see it in football a lot, don't you? Because you're always going to compare. You're always going to compare to the past. Yeah, but you've got to move forward. On time, the... time is just a concept. Well, it's, it's gone from political to philosophical. Hey, it's but it is. It's deep like, it's you know, day you can... for us, isn't it? It's, We're not, doing it's, well just, it's just it's so, many, it's so disproportionate to what's actually important. Let's start talking in northern accents again. That's what we normally do that too. <laughs> Let's talk. Graham Orgos, what you got for us? Next question, please. Before we let these two northerners in, I was about to go to the outro, but you've got someone else for us, another special guest. Pharrell, that you've you've organised yeah. for a regular feature. that Pharrell Dane of the Day yeah. feature. I thought you said Pharrell then. I was like, bloody hell, Pharrell's here. So um, should we just do our little jingle? Sure. Yeah. On three? Three, two, one. Dane of the Day. So this one is a celebrity. It's a, it's a Dane of the Day, a good friend of mine, the Swiss time trial machine, who he's self-named the Swiss time trial machine. Not Stefan Kung, but of course Fabian Cancellara. Um, and Fabian is, is not here, but he's uh, interviewed Bjarne Rees um, for our Dane of the Day segment. So let's have a listen. Ah, Dane of the Day. Today it's Bjarne Rees. Bjarne Rees. Bjarne Rees. Absolutely winner. Tour de France winner. They won the Dawn. That's... He also took... But he won it... Dan of the day of...
Thank you to our Dane of the day. That's it for this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Thanks to our sponsor, Lacquer, bicycle insurance powered by Cheers, the community. Lacquer. Cheers, Lacquer. Brad, we're in the studio at Eurosport again next week. We are. We are. Where, in the meantime, on Eurosport 1 and Eurosport Player, you can catch the best of the action live from the Vuelta at España. Uh, what else you got coming up? Uh, I've got my theatre show starts soon. You are on tour. I am. An evening with Bradley Wiggins. Yeah, yeah, just talk about the history of cycling obviously my place with it my story my background everything unfiltered unedited well yeah 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 i mean just it's just um for me it's just uh just to talk about cycling really and who's gone before us and all that sort of stuff and and why we're all able to do what we do today um and obviously my part within that and my story and you know i think it's just um people go away sort of either inspired learned something new about me or whatever you know i think it's just Grateful people come pay their money to come and watch it. You know, I never imagined when I was a kid that again you'd be have a theatre tour talking about cycling. Never imagined you'd have a beard this big. Never imagined you'd be well on tour talking yeah. about. Beard I is big. Always, but he, I, know. I was always a fan of Alexi Sale when I was a kid. I can tell. You know, um, such a redundant so, issue. It's like my yellow shorts last week. You know, Janet from Birmingham said, "Oh, what's with shorts?" I'd be more worried about your tash, Janet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brad, your tour starts in Lincoln this coming Friday. Uh, and I will be with you in Hull. So I will see you there. See you in Hull. Uh, be- yes, as they say. Separate um, rooms. You c- <laughs> please. <laughs> it's on my rider. My as days yours, are done of sharing rooms with grown men. <laughs> uh, you can stay up to date with you, Brad, on social media. Where? At? Uh, yeah, so we go. So we go. Adam, you are on at? Adam Blythe 89 uh, And you can follow Eurosport on Twitter and Instagram at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Facebook. So from me, Graham Walgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share your thoughts and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Brad, until next week. Yeah, see you then. Have Have a good week, everyone. Adam, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. The Bradley Wiggins Show is a Muddy Knees Media production for Eurosport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.